From the Lean Enterprise Institute in Boston, this is the WLEI Podcast, where we share stories of people making the world better through lean thinking and practice. For more information about LEI, including how we can help you apply lean thinking, please visit lean.org. I'm Matt Savas, host of What's the Problem, a podcast where we talk about problems. LEI has learned that successful lean transformation begins with a problem to solve. So that's what we're here to talk about, problems, from defining them to solving them. Let's get started. Welcome to the uh, inaugural episode of one of LEI's three thematic podcasts, What's the Problem? My name is uh, Matt Savas, and I am here with Rich Calvaruso from GE Appliances. How's it going, Rich? Good. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing okay. Day's off to a good start. Uh, so um, maybe I should just kind of explain to you a little bit first about the, the premise behind this podcast. The, uh, the title, like I said, it's What's the Problem? So we're here to talk about problems, uh, LEI says that uh, lean thinking always begins with a problem we're trying to solve. If there's not a clear problem to solve, you're not going to make a whole lot of progress anywhere. And so, uh, Rich, you're a guy who deals with problems of all sorts of sizes every single day, big and small. And so I thought uh, we could spend a little bit of time talking about some of those big and small problem. But before we do that, uh, maybe give uh, listeners a chance to kind of get a little bit of background about yourself. So um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Rich? Well, I've, uh, okay, I'll try, I'll try my best to keep it kind of short, but uh, I've been in manufacturing for 30 years. Um, I started my career in uh, GE lighting right out of college and uh, worked in a uh, lighting plant making fluorescent light bulbs and have been in various manufacturing jobs, including shop floor improvement jobs, uh, in, in leadership jobs, including, uh, plant management jobs. And, um, I moved to appliances actually about 15 years ago. So, and I came to G appliances in 2004. Uh, and then I started really on this journey of learning about lean thinking in 2006. Uh, and I've had opportunity to uh, continue to learn and try to uh, transform this business uh, into a lean thinking uh, business over the last, uh, geez, I guess about 13 years now. Still, uh, still at it every single day trying to make it better. Every single day. Yeah, you're, you're uh, pretty... I don't know, stubborn may not be the right word, but uh, you've been at it for, like you said, a pretty long time. And um, are you the lean leader, the operational excellence leader? How yeah, do you so my official title uh, is kind of some fancy thing, but it's, uh, I think it goes like this. It's like Senior Director of Lean Manufacturing. Okay, and so you're responsible for uh, coaching the GE Appliance Plants on how to successfully go about lean transformation. Would that be an accurate description of your of your role? Yeah, I, I'd say my role is that. I think we have a dual purpose. I think we try to uh, move ourselves forward uh, by making improvements in the work, uh, trying to solve real problems the business has, 
but more importantly, also trying to develop people as we go. Uh, and then really the harder part becomes is how do you build that kind of a sustainable management system to go support to support all that those first three things I talked about. Yeah, and um, we were actually together, I guess it was maybe five weeks ago. Time really flies here. So um, we were down together at one of the plants in northern Georgia. And it was uh, late July. No better place to be in late July than northern Georgia. And uh, we were there with uh, a gentleman named Mr. Yokoi, who you got to meet in Japan. Mr. Yokoi is a uh, recently retired Toyota guy. Uh, spent about 42 years at uh, Toyota, and you got to meet him at the Lexus plant that he used to manage. And he was with us for about a week. And uh, maybe that's a good place for us to start here, but um, what were we doing down at that plant? Could you tell us a little bit about that, Rich? Yeah, so we were at our uh, cooking products plant in uh, Lafayette, Georgia. Uh, that's actually how they say it down there. Uh, it's a cooking plant, it's a big plant, a um, couple thousand employees, uh, uh, makes, uh, makes a lot of products for us. And we were there um, working on uh, Jashukan activity uh, to try to start some improvement activity within the plant uh, on their freestanding uh, cooking product line, so line number two. Okay, so before we go a little bit further, you threw a Japanese word uh, at me here, uh, Jishuken, and I happen to know that word. I, I lived in Japan for a little while, but uh, for those who are not so familiar with that term, what does it mean? Um, so Jishuken, and I hopefully I'll get this correct, but uh, it's sort of a, a Kaizen-type uh, activity that has, uh, again, a dual purpose. It's, it's to make uh, improvement activity uh, to solve a real problem you have in your operation, but at the same time, uh, really uh, elevate the capability of uh, the leadership team there to, uh, so that you can um, really move forward in your lean journey uh, with, with more capability and more improvement. We were at, uh, at this facility, like you said, it was uh, where you make cooking appliances, uh, oven, ovens, ranges, and uh, we were there with a whole bunch of people uh, across GE Appliances, maybe about half from the folks inside that plant, another half from, from other parts of the company. And um, what, what was the sort of objective? Well, you actually kind of mentioned half of it. One was developing the people that were going to be involved in that activity so they could go back to their, to the, to their work with, with new skills uh, around problem solving, around leading people. Um, but from a business perspective, uh, what, what was the objective going into that week? Yeah, so I think there's uh, two parts to that uh, question. There's, there's sort of an overall objective in that we really need to improve the overall uh, condition of our freestanding production. Uh, what I mean by that is we have increasing demand for the product, and we need to be able to meet that. And in order to do that, we needed to improve our efficiency and our productivity and our ability to uh, make the product customers need. So that was kind of the overarching problem. But for that specific week, we, we picked three smaller problems to go uh, tackle because, again, we're, we're trying to build some capability, uh, kind of starting small before we go too big. And we had three teams that were going to improve three separate areas 
within one of the larger value streams if you, at that facility. So there's the larger problem of improving the productivity of the plant, especially line two. Uh, but for the scope of that week, breaking it down into three small problems, all related to line two, if I remember correctly, uh, so that at the end of the week, we could walk away having actually achieved something. So not so big that you can't do anything over the course of the week, but small enough where the people would be challenged. Their their leadership skills, their problem-solving skills, their technical skills were going to be challenged over the course of those five days. But it wasn't too much to bite off. Maybe maybe we could take a, a little dive into maybe one of these teams. Um, sure. So I remember one team... I think it was led by the operations or the assembly manager. It was around, um, it was a panel inlay area that had a lot of tape on it. Can you describe a little bit about that? Yeah, so on uh, some of the product, the, 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 I think they, you know, the control panel or the, where the user interacts with the oven to turn the burners up and down um, has, a, has a piece called a control panel. And on some of the models, they had an overlay, a decorative overlay that had all the graphics and, and uh, if you will. And, and that had to be applied to a uh, stamp painted part. And to do that, they used a double-sided uh, tape. And this whole team was focused on how to improve the condition of that area where we're applying overlays. And it was... Uh, kind of initial condition that was pretty chaotic. It was really hard to see any flow uh, in lots of material and lots of inventory and, and uh, you know, trying to lots of operators trying to work kind of hard, I guess, to, to be able to meet the customer, the, the downstream processes. What was so interesting to me about that particular part of the plant was, uh, you know, productivity with 2000 people. That seems like a, that's a big, problem to tackle how do you increase productivity across the plant that's that's 2,000 people wide and then you go to this one specific area and you realize that productivity comes down to this one act of putting double-sided tape on a sheet of metal and um, I remember the team was doing a lot with uh, moving work elements changing the shape of the line and then it was you and Mr. Yokoi who were sort of endlessly playing around with the tape, trying to sort of send an implicit message to the group that, yeah, you guys can move work elements, you can change the shape of the line, but this job is all about tape. And if you want to increase productivity at this, at this, on this line here, take a look at this tape. What do you think the difference is there between those two things? There's, these, there's the idea of improving the work that an operator is doing, and then there's moving work elements around. Yeah, I think uh, like a lot of times people will look at the condition and they'll say, well, try just to improve what's happening. And I think you got to ask yourself a question, really, what's the purpose of what we're trying to do here? We're just trying to put this tape on there to make that, uh, make that panel stick. So uh, what do we want to do? do we we want to actually improve the work of the team member that has to take this piece of tape and peel the back off and place it down nicely and peel the other piece off with part on. So if you just looked at that, they from a casual observer, they did it very quickly, and you said, well, that's not so bad. But if you really, really looked at it closer, uh, you realize there was a whole lot of motion going on in that operator that, that quite frankly, wasn't really adding a lot of value. And uh, what one of the things uh, we, we talked about that week was 
please improve the work. Please do Kaizen. And uh, one of the key learning points for that team was, you know, moving elements around, that's not Kaizen. That's not improving the work. And uh, Mr. Koi made a comment uh, during, the, during that activity and said, uh, he, he said something to me that I, that I kind of had to think about for a minute. But he basically said, uh, uh, time is the shadow of motion. Mm, yeah. And I had to think about that for a minute. And it's like, what in the world is he trying to tell me? And uh, after I thought about it for a, for a while, I realized what he was saying is, if you want to reduce time, so so looking at it from a diff, from that perspective, say we, geez, we really need to reduce all this excess motion this team member has of putting down this tape, and that's a whole lot different than saying, well, maybe we just change where the tape is uh, located so that's quicker to get. Like think about the work of the team member and try to create good work for that team. Member. So that was um, you know a small, uh, not necessarily a small problem, but a small problem um, that we faced at that plant but now you guys are working on something quite a bit bigger uh, sort of a future state vision for that entire plant uh, what is it and why are you doing it okay good so again the purpose of this week was to sort of get them a taste of uh, what improvement could look like and get them to realize some result uh, so they kind of you know would have some uh, confidence but uh, really, ultimately, uh, in order to be able to meet future customer demand, um, we need to be able to uh, spread this production out across multiple shifts. Currently, they make all of their production on, on just one shift, mm. uh, and and they have a whole two more shifts available. Uh, and the plant traditionally has only run a single shift for, for a long time uh, for various reasons, but really to to, to really utilize the equipment and, and better balance the work out across, uh, you know, to make this product, we, we really want to try to make a two shift operation. It'll, it'll help lots of things, including material and the upstream processes will have, a, um, be less stressed. So we're working on how to get, uh, this particular line to from one shift operation to two shift operation. But to what, Matt just talked about is, you know, do we want to just move the elements around from a one shift operation to two shift operation? Does that really Kaizen? And really it's not. So what we have challenged the team uh, between now and, you know, the next couple months is to please Kaizen all the processes on that line. I think there's 180 some processes and we've challenged them to reduce 25% waste from each process. And, and the idea here is, is that, we don't want to just take one shift and split it in two because we know there's lots of problems. The work needs improved. So let's please focus on improving the work, uh, reducing the work motion, like we talked about, making the work better. Then once we uh, hit that mo uh, activity, we'll bring Mr. Yakoi back in and show him, okay, here's what we think we can do now on two shifts. Here's how it will look. So we're trying to make the work better before we just spread it out across two shifts. So 25% waste out of 180 processes. Start there. So clean up the line before moving over to two shifts. And from, uh, from a business perspective, what do you think that that's going to yield for, for GE appliances? Oh, it, it's, uh, it's, a, it's significant. You know, it's, it's, uh, productivity is, uh, numbers will be pretty, pretty good. But more importantly, it gives us room for growth. Because now when we're on two shifts, uh, the, the current speed of the line is pretty fast and, and we're trying to 
get ourselves to a condition where we can grow more in the future. And uh, by having it split across two shifts, we'll have a lot more room to grow that line. So there's kind of two two pieces to that: uh, cost out, cost productivity, but also future future growth, more more sales, basically. Yeah, and, and how you structured it, um, you're continuing to use the word Jishuken as uh, with with the GE appliances team down there. So uh, you've given this challenge to that team inside the plant, 25% waste out across 180 presses, and then rebalance the line for two shifts. Uh, but the way you've structured it, I think, is, is actually pretty interesting. Um, you're not just telling these people to go do that. Um, there's There are issues around you know, capability development. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you are supporting the team at the plant so that they're not left with an impossible challenge? Yeah. So actually, I just I just returned from the plant uh, last night, uh, spent the last three days there uh, and kind of uh, spending some time with the team, see how they're doing um, again. So what we've asked them to do is a, is a lot of work and uh, needs some capability. So in order to support that, um, two of the coaches on my team uh, will be spending uh, pretty much every other week there um, helping support the team and kind of making sure that they're really eliminating waste and not just uh, trying to move elements. It's a, it's, it's something that uh, we find happens uh, more frequently than we would like, but it seems to be maybe the easier thing. Moving elements is sort of like, we're just gonna get rid of the waiting time. But uh, Kaizen is like really much harder. Uh, so maybe people tend to not want to do that, but it's, it's, the more, it's more fruitful if you do Kaizen. So we're out there helping coach them and uh and show them and encourage them and uh so it's a lot of work but we're going to support them pretty pretty with you know two resources from now till the end of the year and what's till the end of the year so your target to have this done is end of year that's our target yeah that's our target currently how do you feel about that target i think it's doable um i think they've uh we've got to get them focused uh on this uh it's easy to get distracted in a plant that's busy. So, mm. so there's some challenges, but, um, but, uh, that's, that's, it's very doable. And the waste reduction targets, not unreasonable. I don't believe, uh, based on what, uh, I'm seeing on the floor, I think there's lots of opportunity. So that's, that's one, uh, plant inside of the GE appliances family, but, uh, GE has an awful GE appliances, I should say, has an awful lot of, uh, plants. And, uh, you had mentioned, before we got started on this podcast, we did a little uh, little pre-talk to uh, make a game plan for this thing. And uh, you mentioned another kind of more recent problem at Appliance Park. Appliance Park, by the way, is uh, GE Appliance's big um, production facility. Was it five or six plants, Rich? Yeah, we have uh, three assembly plants here oh, at three Appliance plants. Park. Um, and um, it's also our headquarter location. So it has... A lot of production here. We produce uh, bottom freezer refrigerators and dishwashers, and uh, we have uh, some laundry products, uh, washers and dryers. Okay, so uh, I think the problem that you mentioned uh, was related to refrigerators. Um, But, uh, yeah, walk us through uh, what you walked me through a few minutes ago. Yeah, so uh, every week we have a kind of a production uh, recap meeting with our vice president and I attend that meeting 
uh, one to just kind of understand what the problems I'm hearing in the plants. And, well, and, and this particular plant was having some struggles. So I reached out to the plant manager and asked him if he, uh, you know, needed some help or wanted us to go take, you know, work with this team to try to help, help him in this particular case. And the problem that uh, he was having was uh, the process where we put the foam inside the door, uh, which is for insulation. Insulation, okay. Uh, yeah, that there's a there's a process that does that, and then the downstream process is we we do some uh, we do some more work on that door before it, it gets put on refer, on ultimately a refrigerator. In these particular refrigerators, there's three doors. It's a left door, right door, and a freezer door, and they kind of are made uh, three in that set on the on the process. So these are like uh, <laughs> French doors on a refrigerator with a bottom freezer. Correct. That's okay. exactly what it is. Okay. Uh, there's multiple. There's lots of different kinds of colors and and uh, dispensing types and features, but they generally co- would come off left, right freezer, left, right freezer, something like that. There happens to be a two, uh, a, two a double process there. Like there's two of these machines, and they both can produce uh, doors the same. But when we went to the floor to observe the condition of what was happening, we noticed that. We were getting doors, uh, for example, we were getting like left door, left door, left door, left door, multiple in a row. And, and then they, we were getting freezer sh- doors multiple They should have row. been coming left, right, bottom? Yeah. So what we were expecting to see was like left, right, bottom, left, right, bottom. Mm. And they were not really necessarily coming out that way. So we, we kind of just watched that for a while and we were curious about, maybe how that was affecting the standardized work of the team members. So we uh, then went and uh, looked at their, uh, I'm going to use another Japanese word, uh, but Yamazumi board essentially is a, a work balance board and it's on the floor and it's uh, basically a, a magnetic whiteboard with, with little magnets that represent every element of work for each team member. So if it, uh, job requires, you know, uh, pick up screw, drill screw, you know, you're, you're, you're putting a time to each of the work elements that a worker is doing and visualizing that in a stackable sort of uh, bar made of magnets. Correct. Okay. Correct. And then it has a tack timeline. So you said, here's how much time the operator has, and here's how much the bar stacks up. And, you know, you, you, you want to have that job as close to that tack timeline as possible with that, uh, so that they can be successful. So we looked at that and we noticed there was a, a few jobs that were working on, like, for example, only the left door. So there was one team member because the doors, after they came out, they split into like three different paths. And the left door had to have some more work done to it. And that particular team member was allowed, um, let's just say, a certain amount of time. Okay. Well, that time was based on getting one door out of that set right in a pattern of three so like you know should have got there's a left right in the freezer he gets a left the next one left comes up say 36 seconds later something like that um and what was happening was when it came in back to back to back to back uh he essentially didn't have enough time to complete the work because the left uh, door so, took more time than the other doors yeah well we gave them 36 seconds because that's how they should come out in that pattern but it turned out that if they were backed up in a row in front of him, he he was essentially getting them at a rate of every 12 seconds. 
but the work took him longer. So that was causing him to back the lineup. Uh, not really the team member's fault. The way the doors were coming off was not standard. So we uh, – So why were the you know, doors got, coming off that way? Well, it turns out there's a little intersection, and in the little intersection uh, we looked at, and it wasn't really uh, – what was happening was instead of kind of mm-hmm. a lot of times when there's a lot of traffic – one car goes, well, next car, let's, next car, one car goes, next car goes, right? In this case, what was happening was all the doors from the one side were getting backed up and no, and the other lane wasn't letting anybody out, <laughs> right? So, so basically what happened is when it did get clear, it left all these doors of one type come off the second, the second process. Hmm. So the intersection was causing the problem. Uh, so we're now working on making sure the intersection lets out one set of three then lets the next set of three and and back and forth like that so just control that intersection control that pattern uh and make that team member more successful so that they actually can do the work uh, in the time we allotted for them and if you give them something out of time that's quicker than that they're going to struggle they're going to struggle he, he he was given an impossible job to do yeah, he basically thought he had 36 seconds, and we were giving him stuff at a at a quicker a quicker rate. So we have, we either have to change his work to make it so he can meet that quicker rate, or make sure we main give him the the product at the the cadence that that it was supposed to be at. We've actually talked about quite a bit of stuff here. So we've talked about problems three three problems in particular. One is the the problem down in uh, Lafayette, Georgia where you guys are trying to increase the productivity of the plant. Uh, small-scale problem that we talked about, uh, or three small-scale problems that we talked about when we did a, a week-long activity with members of the GE Appliances team, where we were hitting uh, three areas of, of one of the lines. But a much bigger problem, we're trying to move over to two shifts, where you think you have a $2 million opportunity to uh, increase productivity, reduce inventory inside of that plant. And now you just walked us through a third problem, which kind of happens at the work level. An operator is presented with a product he's not expecting and uh, puts him in a situation where he can't do anything but be unsuccessful. We also talked about capability development. And so the whole premise behind the word you've used a couple times now, uh, Jishuken, is not just uh, solving a business problem but developing the people assigned to those problems. And uh, instrumental to this two-shift move is sending over a couple of your guys uh, to the plant down in northern Georgia to help out the team solve a pretty pretty challenging uh, assignment. 25% waste out across 180 processes and rebalance for two shifts by the end of the year. And you're going to be going down at some cadence as well. The other thing uh, that you do, Rich, and maybe we can wrap up with this, but uh, you know, you're pretty passionate when it comes to getting people to understand work. You, you, I think you know, I, you've given us a, a taste of that with with the uh, work stuff that you walked us through here. But uh, you you have created something at GE Appliances that's called uh, immersion. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is? Sure. Yeah. So uh, we we have um, created a, a kind of a I'd say a learning activity uh, 
uh, centered around leaders. Um, one of the things that I've learned over the last 13 years is in order, you know, there's a lot of these technical tools we can teach. Um, and that's, that's great. And there's, there's some things that there's some people we can develop, but ultimately, uh, if the leadership doesn't understand those things, uh, then they're not going to have the right management behaviors that support the rest of the people doing the work. Uh, so it's easy to say, please have the right management behaviors, right? But, well, what does that mean? And how do you get somebody to that point? So what we felt like was the best way to do that is they need to know how to do these things themselves. Because uh, if we're going to ask them to lead that as, from, a, from a leadership standpoint, well, they better know how to do it as well. So we created a program where we take leaders, uh, plant managers, uh, kind of level people, and we put them in a four-week program. Uh, so we basically take them off their job uh, for four weeks. Four weeks. So it's a, it's a month long uh, not being in their job. These are big jobs that, you know, you would argue that pretty difficult for that person to get out of. So it's a big commitment from, uh, from, from the business to develop and, you know, put capability back in these folks. But we put those folks in a program where we uh, put them actually on the line uh, doing a, a, the work of a team member for, for basically a day and a half. Well, the first day and a half is they work on the line and they get to experience all of the things a team member would experience. Some of the struggles that we talked about, they would get, they'd get to experience. That. They would have been that guy trying to throw down all these doors coming at him. He doesn't know what to do with it. He, that could have been a job that we had someone on. So they would experience the whatever the team members would experience, they would experience. And so we do that really uh, to give them kind of an idea of what the work's like. Because many of these uh, leaders have never worked on assembly line. Once we do that, we then spend some time reflecting on how that went. But then we teach them really how to uh, improve that job that they just performed. And they, we give them like the rest of that week and a whole nother week to go improve that job. So we teach them some standardized work tools. We teach them how to see problems and more importantly, set some targets and make them do, make them uh, implement Kaizen. So when they leave after two weeks, that job is, needs to be better than the condition they started in. Uh, that's very, very impactful. It's been a very impactful uh, way to teach people. Uh, the, the, the leaders walk out with a complete different, uh, mindset and uh, there's two additional weeks uh, one is uh, we then focus one week just strictly on uh, problem solving we pick one problem a real problem on the floor uh, by the way none of these none of this learning is like uh, classroom canned you know textbook stuff this is <laughs> we literally go to the floor you're on the line and, and, and we work on a real problem mm. a, a real job or a real problem that's actually happening right now so we get kind of a double win we, we improve something but then we get uh, uh, some capability improvement. And then the, the last week of this learning is a, is a TPM activity where we teach the leaders kind of like really what's the importance of uh, how to maintain their equipment and the importance of that. So anyway, at the end of four weeks, uh, they kind of, uh, they kind of walk, walk out with a little different mindset. And then from my team standpoint, now we, ha we are able to coach them uh, really how to, how to, take what they learn back to their job and and do these types of things all the time now we're not we're not asking the leaders to be doing kaizen every day we're asking the leaders to be able to ask the right questions to their team 
and make sure that their teams are constantly improving the, their uh, their situation. So to us, it's sort of uh, been a really uh, impactful way to develop people. But we were I'm seeing more sustainability in this uh, type of uh, development than I have in any other thing I've done in the last 13 years. And do you think that's because the experience of actually working a job, trying, trying to improve a job is, uh, I mean, it's the impact is, it's not just uh, an educational experience, it's a physical experience. It might be uh, even in some cases an, an emotional experience that they're having. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, I, and I tell you, they'll, they, uh, they, they come out of that first few days really uh, they, they, they feel like, geez, I have to make this job better. I just did this job. I had some struggles and these folks are out here doing it every day. So let's make this work better. And so it's a, it's, they're, they're definitely, we hit a lot of, a lot of different things, including, including the emotional part. If you feel em- empathy for the operator, especially for, in Absolutely. some cases, I guess, uh, you've had engineers down there who have designed some of the parts that, uh, yeah, we've, we've had our CEO, we've, we had our CEO, Kevin Nolan on the, on the line. Uh, and he, he did a job, he did a great, he, you know, he, and he made an improvement. Um, so, you know, even our CEO and when we say make improvement, I mean, we're saying like, actually like do some real Kaizen and make it work better. Uh, not just make a list or give some Kevin actually went out and improved that job and, and, uh, checks on the operators on a regular basis to see if, uh, see if his idea, you know, the thing he did still out there and they, they do, they do appreciate uh, this type of activity, it builds a lot of, uh, uh, goodwill, I think, but it also builds some trust with the workforce in the T and, and it helps, uh, promote that mindset of continuous improvement. Thanks for talking a little bit about that. You know, Rich, you shared this, uh, this thing you call immersion at the LEI summit last, uh, last March or April. And uh, I had a chance to attend that and I just thought it was incredible. Uh, you rarely see companies doing something like that where you're challenging people to go to the floor and not just do a job, but like you said, improve a job. That's a real challenge, uh, especially for people who are not accustomed to, to working on a factory floor. And uh, the sense of camaraderie and teamwork and empathy uh, that you described uh, that you've been able to build uh, amongst the team there as a result of this uh, four-week immersion, uh, you know, it's just, I think, uh, really, really powerful. And uh, thanks for, for sharing that. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Rich. It's been a real pleasure talking to you over the last half hour or so. And, uh, hey, you know, I guess I'll see you in just uh, a few weeks in November uh, and see if you guys have made any more progress on that uh, huge problem that you guys are trying to solve down in northern Georgia. So thanks again, Rich. Uh, Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And if you have a problem you're tackling and willing to share, shoot us an email at pod at lean.org.